Hello, and welcome to Horrific Tales. In this show, we like to celebrate the creations of independent authors and aspiring writers. Please like, subscribe, and share these videos to help get our friends as much exposure as possible. We'd also appreciate it if you could support our artists by following them on their independent platforms and by purchasing their works. Details on how to do so will be in the show notes. Today's Horrific Tale is a piece submitted to us by J.P. Barons. Come join us now as we present to you Portrait of a Nuclear Family. Wanda could not tear her gaze from the illustrated horrors in the small journals found in Nathan's room. Outside the bubble of her morbid discovery, the house dissolved like starlight at dawn into an idyllic abstraction. She intended only to give the room a light dusting since Nathan kept his space so orderly, which had not always been the case. Wanda knew Nathan had a secret. Charles shrugged her concerns away every time she brought it up. He'll grow out of it, honey. Charles would reply. He keeps his room clean. I imagine you'd be pleased. Leave him be. Please. Wanda, numb from shock, turned to a page covered with an illustration of a squirrel's innards. Detailed notes and diagrams of the creature's brain flowed onto the next page. Her mind retreated to the joyous years of college and the beauty of art school. From the hallway, Da Vinci's Vitruvian man stared down on Wanda. Stern eyes blamed Wanda for the pain illustrated through the book. One reflected the other. Da Vinci's study of human anatomy and the detailed illustrations blended together in her mind. She'd hung the picture outside Nathan's rooms to serve as inspiration, but not for this. Fighting back the bile threatening to rise up, Wanda closed the journal and tried to take slow, deep breaths to calm her stomach and soul. If only she hadn't decided to dust his desk, the journal would still be undisturbed, Instead, an accidental nudge tipped one to the ground. The covers flopped open, pages fluttering until exposing the hand-drawn illustration of a screaming rabbit. Its skin peeled back, viscera exposed. Wanda couldn't tell if the illustration caught the rabbit in the middle of a scream, or the detailed depiction of bone and muscle simulated the appearance of torment. The cover of the journal showed a small, minimalist line art sketch of a rabbit. Wanda glanced at the covers of the other journals and found similar drawings, each serving as a title instead of words. Placing the journals on the desk, she counted six books, one animal per book, each filled with copious notes and meticulous pictures. Wanda managed to scan through two before her stomach writhed with revulsion. Wanda hugged herself to combat the chill penetrated her bones. The new central heating kept the house warm despite the harsh New England winter, but did nothing to melt the icy sensation radiating up her spine. Nathan had changed more and more over the last two years. His attitude toward everyone in the house had mutated from hostile to ominous. When he left the house to sulk around town, she allowed it, happy to have him gone. The fact that he returned via the woods bordering the backyard never caused suspicion. Not until she caught Nathan threatening his little brother, Simon, only last week for trying to tag along on one of his excursions. Part of her was glad Simon wasn't allowed to follow. The cold look in Nathan's eyes frightened her. She pulled Simon away, admonishing the both of them for arguing. Nathan dashed into the woods without a word. She wanted to rip the journals apart, feed them into a shredder, and burn the machine with the confetti to ashes for good measure. Instead, she picked up the journals, 
placed them back on the desk the way she found them, and walked out of Nathan's room. She took measured steps down the hall, regulating her breath in an attempt to regain some kind of calm center, and entered Simon's room. If Nathan's room defined draconian order, then Simon's room exemplified chaos. Layer upon layer of toys and clothes transformed the floor into a strange 3D Pollock abstraction. Careful of her footing, Wanda traversed mountains of robots and valleys of tread upon clothes to reach the unmade bed. The lumps of rumpled sheets gave her hands something to grip and knead. She took a deep cleansing breath, desperate to inhale the innocence and exuberance of youth. The plush animal stared, assuming a ghoulish quality as the images from the journals corrupted her attempt to exercise the cold, tangled mass radiating from the core of her being. Even surrounded by the playthings of innocence, Wanda visualized tense muscles of small animals struggling against agony. The frantic heartbeats driven by primal terror echoed in the oppressive silence of her home. Lifting a goofy-eyed purple octopus from the floor, Wanda stared into the crossed eyes and cartoon tongue lolling out of a single tooth grin. She thought back to the day she bought the strange toy for Simon, just after turning one. Hard and plush at the tips of each floppy tentacle, presently the only lingering evidence of how Simon used to bite and suck at the octopus rather than take a pacifier. A trembling smile flickered over her lips. A sob exploded from her without warning. All the insecurities of parenthood crashed down on Wanda. What did this mean? How could this happen right under her nose? Nathan had become such a quiet, introspective, and polite child. No longer prone to whining like other kids she noticed in public. There were moments, of course, but she made sure to set respectable boundaries for her children. She couldn't imagine why he drew pictures like that, or how he included so much detail. Was Nathan using her small library of art books she kept on display just above the television in their living room as reference? The internet, maybe? The front door opened and slammed closed while Wanda still had her face buried in the fur of the threadbare octopus. Rapid footsteps rumbled up the steps. She stood and attempted to straighten herself out as Simon barged into his room. Mommy, I'm home! The unabashed smile on Simon's face filled Wanda with a joy that cut through her inner turmoil. He dove into her and buried his face into her waist. She returned the hug, tighter than usual, breathing in his scent. She could never decide if he smelled more like cookies or baby powder, a confusing enigma. His handsome, curly, tousled hair and full face always brought to mind the thoughtful cherub at the base of Raphael's Sistine Madonna. His large, crystal-clear blue eyes staring out into the world, eager to see, eager to experience. A print of those baby angels still hung in his room, one of the few relics of his days as an infant. I missed you, buddy. I missed you too. He pulled away, the infectious smile still there, a light giggle ringing through the air. For a moment, everything seemed perfect. Simon disengaged from her hug and ran back out of the room. Wanda followed. When she turned to head downstairs, she found Nathan standing in the threshold of his room, silent and calm, frozen in time. Gaunt, lanky, and awkward, he reminded her of the other cherub in the painting, full-grown and starved. Eyes rolling as if bored, jaded to the world, head resting on crossed arms, ready to disconnect. He stared at the journal standing on his desk. His dark, depthless brown eyes glided around to find Wanda, as if the drive of his vision pulled his head along. Head, neck, and body caught up in the wake of his attention. 
After grueling seconds, he said, You were in my room. It wasn't a question. Yes, I was cleaning. My room is always clean, mother. You've made it clear I must always keep things orderly. Why did you move my journals? Wanda wanted to march into the room, tear the journals off the desk, and scream about what she found. But the longer she looked into her son's empty stare, unease started to deform her righteous resolve like a cancer. I didn't mean to. I knocked them down while dusting. Nathan examined her a moment longer before, without a word, closed the door to his room with a quiet click. Wanda let out a breath as if she hadn't used her lungs for hours, oddly aware of her heartbeat and conscious breathing. She made her way downstairs with deliberate care, unwilling to trust her legs to hold without total concentration. The walls around her became a foreign backdrop, a facade hiding mysteries and madness. Family pictures blurred, hiding the happiness of the past. Somehow, Nathan poisoned the purity and simplicity of her home. Along the wall of the staircase, a series of Picasso line art descended to the first floor. The Picasso abstract of a squirrel at the bottom of the stairs matched one of the covers exactly. Every moment of her life now felt like the eternal, clicking ascent of a ride, building anticipation as the horizon crests over the final dip and the world holds its breath. Everyone screams. Everyone laughs. The ride ends. Wanda felt the crest approaching, but didn't think laughter would accompany the screams. A loud crash from the kitchen brought her out of autopilot. Flashes of blood splattered across the tiles, and walls of the kitchen filled her mind. She ran to the kitchen and stepped onto a jagged piece of glass. Pain spiked up her leg. Mommy, I'm sorry! Simon stood in the middle of the puddle of water. Jagged bits of glass surrounded him, glistening dangerously. Tears glistened with fear above quivering lips. Don't move, Angel. I need to clean this up. Wanda tried to tiptoe around the glass, but a fresh jolt of pain lanced through her leg. She lifted her foot to find a large shard of glass piercing the sole of her thin-soled black ballet flats. Carefully removing the shard, she exhaled with relief as the bloody glass slid free. Once her foot was freed of the flat, the cut gushed blood, yet appeared shallow. Snatching the hand towel hanging from the refrigerator handle, she wrapped the wound to prevent more blood from staining the floor and limped to the closet for a broom. Tears streamed down Simon's terrified face. Hold on, my angel. I'll only be a second. I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, wailed Simon. It's okay. Accidents happen. She swept up the glass and made the area safe to traverse before turning her attention towards Simon. With the danger of jamming another piece of glass into her foot removed, Wanda lifted Simon up and crushed him to her chest. A nugget of guilt weighted down on Wanda while she held her baby boy. When she first heard the glass shatter, she assumed Nathan had done something horrid. Only pictures fueled her assumptions, yet the mental leaps that Nathan did those twisted things himself came naturally and without reservation. Once Simon settled down in front of the TV in the living room, Wanda mopped the kitchen floor. With the kitchen restored to its natural state of order tidiness, Wanda began dinner. Her husband, Charles, would be home soon. Both kids were quiet and occupied. Preparing dinner promised to be the first peaceful part of her night. The refrigerator held a small brown package, sitting on a cheap ceramic plate. Three New York strip steaks fresh from the butcher. She pulled out the package and unwrapped the cuts of meat. Looking at the wet, red slabs, Wanda felt a mild nausea constrict her stomach. 
Visions of screaming cows, large carcasses hanging from hooks, and blood dripping everywhere assailed her mind. Wanda fought back the bile, filling her throat. She folded the brown paper back over the stakes and placed them into the refrigerator. Tonight would be pasta night. She hoped the pictures in the journals would stop affecting her so, but until then, cooking meat just became her husband's job. Outside, on the grill, away from her. Back in college, Charles brought Wanda on hikes, camping, and exposed Wanda to the grandeur of nature that even the greatest artist in history couldn't replicate with canvas and paint. Now, after 20-odd years of marriage and two children, Charles barely left the house. Sitting at a desk all day brought about a small belly and destroyed his endurance. Once, the man she married could run a 5K with little to no training. Now, she'd be surprised if he could walk one without an extended rest. Recently, she noticed stretch marks forming along his belly, arms, and thighs. Wanda had her own stretch marks from pregnancy, even after all the supplements, special diets, and cocoa butter creams, but she made an effort to prevent or reverse them, though even the slightest failure was justified. Charles did nothing about his growing lethargy. When Charles came through the door, the house erupted into a maelstrom of joyful chaos. Simon rushed through the hallway, screaming, Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Charles called through the vibrant display with his very own arrival klaxon. After placing his coat and briefcase off to the side, Charles snatched Simon up onto his shoulders. Together, like some animated totem pole, the two jogged around the house, the both of them wailing like some strange harbinger of the absurd. Wanda watched them laughing. For a brief moment, life felt manageable. Finish dinner, feed the family, and have some quality time. Wanda shook her head as the screaming duo wailed away into another room. She went back to put the finishing touches on dinner when the sound of a chair scraping across the floor screeched behind her. She turned, still smiling. Where's your siren? She meant to ask Charles. Instead, her smile froze in place. All joy drained away. Nathan sat at the table, examining her as a child might peer at a dead animal before poking it with a stick. Wanda strained to keep the smile in place. Hey kiddo, you ready for dinner? Yes. Just finishing up. Fine. The soft rumble of boiling water filled the kitchen. Small splashes of water dotted the stovetop with subtle hisses. She fished out a single noodle and blew on it. A quick taste confirmed the noodles were just how she liked them, with a little bite. She lifted the lid on the smaller pot, confirming the sauce bubbled at a low simmer. She dumped the pasta and water into a strainer set up in the sink. Steam billowed, hot and painful, around her head. The once cool air turned heavy with moisture, drowning Wanda as she struggled to provide food and nourishment to her family. When the steam parts, dispersing into the atmosphere, the sheen of water covered Wanda's face. She took a deep breath, flopped the pasta back into the pot. She added a dash of olive oil and swirled the noodles around, fighting the stubborn starch-covered bundles that clung together, resisting the coating of oil to help separate them. While whisking the noodles around, the smaller pot with the sauce began to boil and clatter. Everything wanted her attention. Nothing gave an inch so she could catch her breath. Nathan, just sitting in the chair, staring, weighed on Wanda. A persistent itch at her back. Silence loomed over the kitchen, emphasizing the presence of her son. The increasing pop and rattle of bubbling sauce pressed at Wanda's already frazzled mind. 
With a full, steaming bowl in her arms, Wanda turned, braced against Nathan's analyzing gaze, ready to scold her son for not offering to help. An empty chair greeted her. How did he slip out without making a sound? Not even a whisper creaked from the chair sounded to announce he moved at all. For a moment, Wanda questioned if Nathan had haunted the kitchen at all. Puzzled by the encounter, Wanda set the table in a haze before calling out, Dinner's ready! The rapid-fire patter of Simon's race to the dining room preceded Charles' more measured, heavy footfalls. Once the sound of those two disappeared, a soft, whispered shuffle announced Nathan's approach. He entered the dining room, drifting through the doorway like a skeletal specter, floated into his seat, and took great care to place his napkin across his lap before waiting his turn to scoop out of serving a pasta to his plate. Wanda watched him, wishing he might crack under her stare, confess everything, and relieve her of the dark secret she still found difficult to wrap her mind around. I thought you planned on cleaning the house today, asked Charles. I did. I got sidetracked. Oh? By what? asked Nathan. Wanda met Nathan's stare. Well, I knocked over some of your journals while dusting your room. That wouldn't have taken long to clean. Don't be short with your mother, warned Charles. Wanda considered her words, settling on a version of the truth. It's okay, he's right. I went to start on Simon's room and that held me up. Simon giggled. My minefield is impenetrable. Impenetrable, corrected Nathan. Why bring up the books? I don't know, I just did. But why? That's enough, Nathan. What's so important about the journals? Nathan's lips pursed in an uncommon show of emotion. Nothing, I was just curious. Sorry. They went back to eating in awkward silence. Simon mumbled around a mouthful of pasta. Look, I'm a spaghetti volcano, and slapped his cheeks while looking at the ceiling. Noodles and sauce erupted a few inches into the air, only to fall with a wet splat right back on his face and shirt. Charles struggled against laughter. Simon! Casting furtive glances at Wanda, that is not how we act at the table. Now go get a towel and clean up your mess. In between his own giggling, Simon said, Sorry. The tone in his voice did not support the words. Wanda and Nathan remained silent during the entire explosion, both staring across the table at each other. Wanda wouldn't be the first to look away. She was the parent, damn it. When a hand touched her face, she let out a squeal and jumped half out of her seat. Whoa, I just wanted to get some of the sauce off your face. Some of Simon's tomato lava splashed you. You okay? Sorry, I just got lost in my own thoughts. Tomato lava? She looked down and noticed the mess. All her worries about Nathan disappeared in a chunky red wave. Simon scampered back into the kitchen with one of the nice white towels ready to clean. No, honey, not that towel. Come on, let's go get one of the darker ones that won't stain. As she left the kitchen, she heard Charles ask Nathan, Is everything alright? You two having an argument? No, Nathan paused. Again, she could feel the itch at her back. Not yet. Well, we hope you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you'd like to keep up to date, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Also, follow us on our social media pages. You can also show your support for the channel by going to our merchandise store, picking up some items there. 
Please also take a moment to support our contributing friends who kindly lend their talents to this show. Check out the links in the description as to how you can do this. Until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>